Tonight on Astro Zero Twitter Spaces, we have DJ and producer who's bringing music to the blockchain with his release of Multiverse FM, the very talented Lucid. Uh, welcome. Uh, really excited to talk to you, man, uh, about both uh, music and uh, your NFT project. So uh, thanks for coming out and giving us a little bit of time today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. And, you know, I really appreciate you and your whole community. Um, Aiden has been monumental in, you know, my NFT progression. So it's, you know, y'all have really been family from day one, and I really appreciate that. Oh, well, thanks, man. Uh, it goes both ways. So your your project, it's pretty detailed. Like, uh, I, it, it took a lot for me to kind of understand um, what the vision is with the project. Maybe you could explain a little bit and give us like a brief overview to the community so they could kind of get a little bit of a grasp on uh, Multiverse FM and what Carl is. Most definitely. So Carl stands for a consciousness aware radio life form. So the idea is that um, Carl travels the multiverse and records what they see and experience. So like each trip to a planet um, is recorded as a reverie or it's a dreamlike memory. And um, these are the NFTs that will become available. There'll be um, one available each month for minting. And um, these reveries will be an audio visual seamless loop that are around a minute long. And the idea is that, um, you know, we have a lot of different uh, means of communication and different languages on Earth. But something that I found to be universal throughout my career is music, um, is if you hear a beautiful song, it doesn't matter what language you speak, you know, it might make you cry or it's just cool to see how universal people feel about um, like music or melody in general. So I thought it'd be cool to have Carl, um, you know, play back these memories in the form of music. So it's kind of like a score to a movie that is Carl's life and experience. Um, so that way, you know, in the multiverse, no matter what alien or organism it comes across, it's still perceived how Carl wants that emotion to be perceived. Um, and just something cool that I try to bring to my Lucid project as well. So that's, that is the, my art inspiration behind it um, without getting into utility and all that yet. <laughs> so are you kind of writing out some sort of storyline to coincide with Carl's travels? You have different types of, I guess, planets or uh locations that he's going to be docking at for that specific month and is there going to be uh, a total amount that he's going to visit before i guess he hits the full loop and comes back to his original location so right now um there's no set end date to the the journey yet um besides you know hitting a new location every month and it's going to be, so for example, the first one is kind of this surreal, very clean, almost like afterlife feeling, like Grassy Plains is the, the first planet um, Carl visits. And um, the next couple I have in mind is I want to um, have Carl travel to an, like an ice world and then something very like desert uh, based. And it's really cool for me to be able to produce not only like uh audio based on visual or video based on audio but have them kind of be written at the same time so like as i'm creating this desert scene i start to you know create the soundscape for it um and you know uh production and <clears throat> then some sounds i come across while i'm producing make me want to change actually the landscape so it's just cool to see the two kind of influencing each other artistically um, to come up with something cohesive. Now, have you started on the artwork for each one of the reveries that's going to be released? Or is somebody going to be working on it on the side? Are you going to be the person that's doing the artwork? How, how is that going to tie into the project? So, yeah, I'm doing um, all of it. Um, I've started on um, a few of them. I've one completely done, printed, and ready to. It's ready to go. Um, so if you know, I, it could technically be minted from my artistic vision. You know, now um, if I wasn't kind of waiting on the, the utility and um, 
really figuring out that aspect. Um, so I, yeah, I produce everything in cinema 4d using, um, octane or redshift render. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for a while is combine my love for making visuals with audio, um, and also having the lucid project tie in. So this just felt kind of like the perfect opportunity, uh, to get to do that. Now, each month there's going to be a, a, a different batch of NFTs that are released or reveries, uh, what you're referring to them as, and there's going to be a thousand released each month. Is, is that how you're going to go about doing this? Um, yeah. So the month is the, I'm hundred percent doing it monthly. Um, the only thing might change is, um, the thousand. Um, I still think that's the number I'm going to stick with, but, um, you know, as I go through this mentorship and some of the other utilities fall into place, I just want to make sure that still um, makes sense. Now, does this mean each month from like a technical standpoint, each month are you going to have to release a different smart contract to be uh, a part of the collection that's being released? Or is it something that you could kind of go on and develop as it goes? So, um, the way it's been explained to me and the way I have it envisioned is it's a single smart contract. Um, but it's just, I kind of amend to it or add to it. Um, and I know that's, um, I've heard that being an issue for some people because then instead of like paying one mint fee to get your entire collection up, once you make a sale on a collection, if I'm understanding right, on like something like OpenSea, then you have to pay a fee to add to that collection. But, you know, moving away from the Ethereum chain and, you know, uh, really heavy gas prices, as you know, y'all are doing um, in your marketplace, kind of eliminates um, that, you know, issue, which I think is cool, because it makes it more flexible for collections to do stuff like this, you know, where you don't have to drop the whole collection um, at once before any purchases are made. All right, cool. Um, yeah, that's that's good to know because uh, I, I wasn't really sure how something like that would really work if you have like a progressive project, if you would just tie it into a single smart contract that would get edited each month or amended, or if you would have to do uh, a new release each month. Because I would think if you if you weren't doing the dev work on your own, you would have to hire a, a full-time dev on with you at all times to constantly do updates and everything like that. So just curious how that was uh, how that was going to work for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, that's something that's really, you know, good to think about, because since I don't know the language like that, that would be the case. Um, so that's, you know, going into it, I was like, all right, I don't want this to be, um, you know, a, a constantly changing smart contract. Because um, that, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, man, that that sounds like a real pain in the ass. I don't, I don't really envy you for for having to audit the smart contract every single month. So, um, do you have do you have a set date that you're gonna launch it, or a tentative date that you're that you're looking at? Yeah. So I, in in my mind, see around the third week of February, uh, between that third and fourth week being um, around the launch time. Just because even the the program by the fourth week, it's supposed to, um, you know, have launched based off of like their roadmap that they set me up on. And it is um, I already kind of started a little bit of ahead of time and have a little bit of a jump on maybe some of the projects who are literally like just getting into like what is an NFT and smart contract, you know, as far as their education. So thanks to uh, Aiden and a bunch of other folks, you know, <laughs> I've. I'm a, li- I'm a few steps ahead of that. <laughs> well, that's great, you know, because, you know, as G.I. Joe says, knowing's half the battle. Oh, definitely, especially uh, when this is, you know, you're trailblazing like, you know, this. The, so many communities are. It's so much just about this education and onboarding and getting people to, to understand how cool it is, um, what we're really doing here. So let's start talking about the utility because there is a uh... – a large portion of utility built into this uh, vision is very big and that's really what I want to start tapping into. So if I was to mint one of your reverie or NFTs, um, what's the first thing that I would notice that I benefit from your project? 
So the immediate benefit, um, the first utility I'm going to get up and working is uh, getting exclusive merch that's available through, um, it's going to be like a Shopify plugin that um, ideally lets you, you know, log in just like any other Web3 plugin. And um, everything on the website will get, um, I'm thinking something like 30, 35% off. Um, and then there will be some items that are exclusive um, that I'll do at cost, you know, completely nonprofit that are just to the holders as well. Um, because in the scene I work in and uh, like the EDM scene, people are huge on merch and being able to kind of like rep their artists. But if I go and sell my jersey at a um, like at a show, oftentimes shows take a real like the venues take a really big percentage which is usually like the margin um you know what i mean you say your margin's like 30 oftentimes you end up losing that percentage and then artists um like myself we all also then have to pay 20 percent to a manager so when people are buying a jersey for like 100 bucks we actually get not um a lot of that <laughs> um so in my mind, I thought it would be a cooler, more direct way to, um, you know, get them merch. Um, cause people, for some reason, they don't like doing online as much as in person. I totally get that because it's not, you don't see it. You're not like, okay, I think I like this Jersey. Like if you're in person, you can physically touch it, feel it, like hold it up, you know? Um, so I'm hoping this encourages getting, uh, more people, to you know purchase online and then just feel part of like an exclusive community um and one of the biggest things i want to do as well is um i want to do like i don't know if it's weekly or bi-weekly production sessions with my like the DAO we create for being a holder of one of these reveries is i would love for fans to come to a show and hear a song that they helped create um in a way so for, for example i'm working on a song and i'm like all right i can either go like really dark and creepy or kind of like bubbly here what do y'all think i should do and i'll be sitting in a session with all the holders either in discord or yeah some other you know screen share situation um where i can show them everything i'm doing and then they can vote together on the direction of the song on elements that are in the song certain what vocals say um and not be, have like give up all creative control, you know what I mean? But at least give them some sort of input so it's like a DAO collab that then they could come to my shows and experience. I just I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you something along those lines. Like I, I know you have different rarities built into the um, the NFTs, and I was curious if maybe you would do something like a person that gets a super rare could somehow maybe do some sort of collaboration, maybe not a full collaboration, but maybe um, include some stems or something like that. If they do their own production, because it's, it's a lot easier. Like I'm a musician myself and it, it is a lot easier nowadays to produce music at your house than it was to go into a studio. I mean, I, I could sit down in my bedroom with Ableton and I could write an entire song by myself and it, it comes out like as good studio quality as the Beatles were releasing back in the day, which is, it's both scary and incredible. Um, I, I recently did a, a collaboration with a guy who I met from El Salvador on Facebook and we were just emailing stems back and forth to each other. And we wrote an entire EP like this and we never even met each other. So it's, it, it, it was just curious if you were maybe considering doing that with somebody, maybe down the line, that was a holder for your project. Maybe the person that holds the most of your, uh, your reveries. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. I think st stuff like that would be super cool. And I was even thinking it's like for the, the like super rare holders, I would love to do mentorships too, because I really, really enjoy teaching and mentoring music. And I, I, I think it's something I personally um, have a gift for. I think I'm a pretty solid teacher. Um, so I would love to, you know, share that with them. Be like, oh, if you're super rare holder, then maybe twice a month, we do a couple hour long sessions where we just, you know, I'll, I'll sit in with and, do, you know, do a seminar with everyone. Maybe we listen to a couple of the, you know, students uh songs and go through them together and 
uh, I can even work on a project. So someone be like, okay, here's how I would mix down your song and just sit there, uh, sit there and do it with everyone. I think stuff like that would be really, really cool. Cause that's what I want too, is I want this community to like us all grow as producers together. Just like, I would love to see the discord super active just with, yeah, a bunch of, you know, even if you're not a producer, if you're a fan, that's like even better. I love like getting that first reaction from someone who almost knows nothing about EDM because it's like so true. You know what I mean? There's no bias. Like they're not coming from a production production standpoint or anything like that. So I just think there's validity and um, what everyone could bring to the table for making music. If you're even a musician or not, do you have something? Nathan? Yeah. I just want to say like, um, the use case uh, of of this project is always growing and um i just want to say like we're whatever use case we have now is awesome like it's i i can't wait till he touches on some like the electronic music utility sides like more on that um but i just want to say like we're we're gonna have fun with it like we've discussed like certain certain nfts that you get have like utility of like you get lucid's toaster <laughs> out of his kitchen <laughs> you know like yeah something like, like that'd be fun or play like you know yeah. some video games together or just i don't know yeah that, 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 that goofy personal stuff yeah the immediate utility i'd like to say um and one of the reasons that i'll be you know aping into the project as well even though i'm, I'm be part of it is the immediate connection that you get with Lucid and um, as like an electronic music fan, um, you know, what, however much it costs um, to have that connection opened up is, is worth it. Um, especially seeing that you can sell that later on. Like you could buy his NFT, become friends with him because you bought the NFT and then sell it later on. And it's basically, you, you got paid Lucid's friendship just to own it, which is, huge for a lot of people so are you going to be offering um like the ability for people to remix any of the, the music that you put out through the platform yeah 100 percent. i'm gonna i haven't decided the rarity on this or if i'm just gonna blanket open it up to everyone but i'm gonna make my stems very transparent for holders moving forward um and then i'm gonna do holder exclusive remix competitions um for like you know like real releases to be like on you know my remix eps and stuff like that on like spotify um so yeah i think i yeah i think that's going to be a, a one that's definitely sought after from producers because stems are always just you know fun to have or even entire uh ableton files right that would definitely be a, a more rare one but yeah that's uh, like to get someone's als file and kind of reverse engineer their mix down stuff uh, is pretty valuable. And I'm all transparent with that stuff anyway. Like I'll teach it. Um, and that's another thing I was thinking about is, you know, for lessons, I generally do like a hundred dollars an hour. And this NFT, we were talking somewhere in like the 40, $50 range. So already, you know, you could get a group lesson um, for half its initial value just by owning the NFT. And that's like, it's already paid for itself. Uh, considering like the, you know, tons of other stuff that uh we plan on doing for holders well i mean a good thing too is like you could get an ableton trial pretty cheap well well i think you get them for free now i don't, I don't even know but you might be able to get a three-month trial with ableton i don't know I have, I have live suite 11 so i don't really remember um when i first got the trial but that could be something you know like even even if somebody just wants to pick up a trial version and, and give it a try and then you could shoot the stems over to them or they could learn it I mean, you could probably even partner with Ableton if it really gets huge. But or, yeah, I'm getting a little bit myself. Yeah, that would be. And another thing um, is education editions. Um, you know, if any of y'all have EDU emails out there, do not sleep on the software that you can get discounts on because there is so much of it. Um, like Cinema 4D, for example, you can get for like a dollar. Um, uh it's normally like i think like 800 or something for the six month period they give it to you for so yeah if you got an edu or have access to one don't sleep on that shit <laughs> so if somebody let's say they remix one of the songs or or if if they kind of mix things up with the stems that they get through the nft and then they send it back to you 
um, would you consider minting that particular um, uh, minting that particular song on the blockchain and then doing some sort of royalty split with the person? Oh, definitely. Yeah, that would be re- that that would be really cool. Um, I mean, it's essentially like kind of releasing their song on, you know, Spotify, except we don't have to. Uh, I guess I guess some of the royalties would still be through there. I got to look at that because there are some com- like Audius, for example, you know what I mean? Like platforms that are self-sustained that you can play off of that don't give like 98 percent of your play value elsewhere you know give you like 0.001 pennies but yeah um i would definitely be willing to do that i think that would be really cool so how do you feel about platforms like spotify and soundcloud do you think that they're kind of screwing the artist over a little bit with the amount of uh percentages that they take away from i know it's very very difficult to sustain off of getting paid just those royalties it's definitely set up in a way where like 90% of the touring artists, you know, could not survive without touring. Um, so either their financial model is set up just in a very unsustainable way where no one gets paid or someone's getting paid, but I'm not getting paid. <laughs> um, or a lot of the artists. So for example, like a million plays on Spotify is somewhere, I don't know, just to give a, a wide range, like three to $6,000. Um, for a million plays, which is a, that's a lot of fucking plays. As, yes. as if, if you had that many unique people go to a show, you know, a show of like a thousand person. It's like if you sold out a thousand person venue, it's pretty safe to say that you get you probably walk home with around four to five grand. So it's like, you know, that's one show. So compare. It's just crazy. Shows make, you know, 10 times more than um than royalties and so yeah it's it's just totally not sustainable i think this is why we need education more so than anything as far as blockchain goes because there is going to be a little bit of a tough entry barrier for newer artists it's it's a lot easier for somebody to blow up on soundcloud or on spotify um as opposed to somebody that's brand new and they're just like i'm gonna mint on the blockchain and i'm gonna be a blockchain artist because it's there's a lot behind it and you also have to educate your audience see that that's the hardest part about this entire thing it's not just the the artist has to be educated you have to make sure that all the people that like your shit have to know how to set up a wallet they have to understand how nfts work they have to make sure that they're using the right contract address so they're not getting some bullshit song that somebody else released with your artwork on it. And, uh, you know, are, are you kind of thinking about trying to partner with some sort of educational platform or getting people that are uh, trying to educate people as far as crypto and NFTs involved with your project as well to kind of be a pioneer here and help people in the music industry? Yeah, I think that is a huge, uh, you know, probably the biggest part of it right now is um i think if people saw this utility in art it would be a no-brainer for a lot of them but so many of them have to get over this whole like nft web 3 hump and also just because of like the boom lately i have several edm fans who have muted accounts related to nfts (laughs) just because they've experienced such a shill side of it without seeing the positive like communities and the projects that are done right. You know what I mean? They've only seen the like absolute spam madness from it. So they're just like, yo, I want nothing to do with NFT. So I, yeah, I honestly uh, think that's a really good idea. Um, I mean, even, you know, chronic would be wonderful. I'll, I'll ex- throw all the people his way. You know what I mean? Cause I love what he's doing and, uh, the vision of chronic cats and the, the metaversity, um, because yeah, I think that's going to be one of the biggest proponents moving forward in the next coming years is getting people educated about this in the correct way. Um, you know, not shilling. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the shilling is a little bit overboard. I have to, I have to admit I'm, I'm guilty of that myself at times, but, um, yeah, we, we definitely have to. I think it's an education first thing that we really have to be focused on because you, you only so many people are going to understand it until it gets mass adopted anyway. So you're just going to be shilling to the same fucking people over and over again. It's going to be like a giant loop. 
No, exactly. And that's why it seems so intense, too, is because it's just the same, like, you know, little circle over and over. And they're not, uh, they're too afraid to even, like, you know, go below the surface of the water to see this. Like, no, this is, on the surface, it seems kind of crazy. But once you get into these projects and actually do the research and, you know, get, that's like everything. If you go on SoundCloud, it's the same way, you know what I mean? There's 10 million songs. The only songs I have to go through before I can find one to put in the set. It's, uh, the world is very saturated with all kinds of art right now. So it's just, the research is inevitable. So are you still whitelisting for your project? Uh, yeah. And that's all done. Um, I'm just handpicking through, um, interaction in the discord and seeing people who are, you know, involved and active and enthusiastic about the project. My goal is I don't want, um, like if I don't want people jumping into the project based off of like hype or they think it's the next like blue chip or any of that stuff. I'm literally just more interested in building like a DAO or a community where we can, I don't know, feel like a part of something together. Like I don't, it doesn't have to be huge. I just want it to be like tight and high quality. So that's where, um, you know, I'm not necessarily pushing to, you know, get the discord to 10,000 people yesterday. Um, so that's why I'm doing like handpicking the whitelisting. Cause I'm just spending a good amount of time in there seeing who's interacting and who's actually would benefit from being a part of this. Cause I don't want people either like uh, to invest all this time and then be like, Oh, I don't even really like EDM. Like this might not be the, the project for you then which is totally fine um, i just wanted to say i i put the discord link up top in the nest if you guys want to join it yeah join the discord if you guys could um there's only uh maybe a little bit less than 200 people so just go in there and be a little bit active and get whitelisted so yeah, pretty <laughs> so are you planning on releasing exclusive music just to your holders that aren't going to be available on um, other platforms like Spotify or anything like that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And that's another, you know, big part of why I wanted to do this is I write so much music and I'd say probably 70% of it never sees the light of day um, just because it's maybe not strong enough to be a single, but it also doesn't fit in with the theme of an album. Um, I've got so many tunes like that that I've been playing in sets for years that go off that just there's there's a lot that goes into strategically getting this the you know the best music out that's going to kind of do the best for your project but I feel like a lot of this stuff isn't like throwaway music either a lot of these songs are kick-ass and I would love for people to have them um, be able to remix them or you know learn from their stems um and it just, I'd like to see them get a little more life than they currently do and then be able to share that with the community. Um, so that's 100%. Um, I, I probably will be releasing more music on there than through the, you know, um, original channels. It sounds like I kind of do it the same way you do when I make music. Everything that, that I make, I record it, and then I date it and kind of do a little description of what it is. And I would say three quarters of it I'll never use, but I might revisit it six months down the road and be like, you know, maybe this will work somewhere or I'll chop it up a little bit and then try to paste it in somewhere to see if it fits. And uh, it seems like it's an ongoing an ongoing battle with my, my brain and what I try to produce. That's good, though. You know, it's kind of like you've got like a checks and balances system going through, uh, you know, I, that's some of like the most talented producers that I really look up to do exactly that. They write a song a day, you know, they see what they can get out in an hour and then, you know, um, will go through maybe a hundred of these songs, pick the best 20. And then from those 20, you know, boil it down to five that they're actually going to work on. And then you just get such a distilled, like awesome version Whereas if you didn't do that, like other people take people 10 years to write a hundred songs if they finished them all, you know, and then you might be like missing your gems. So, um, I think that's a, it's a really good process that I've tried to adapt more in the last uh, few years. So your NFTs, they're going to be broken down into three categories. You're going to have commons, you're going to have rares, and you're going to have super rares. Those are the three that you're going to do. And is that what you're sticking with? Or are you going to do uh, additional ones other as well? 
So I'll be honest, this is where the most, um, this is the most up in the air for me right now. This is something that, um, I'm going to look for kind of a lot of brainstorming from the team and the next few weeks as we get all the utility hashed out. Um, just because I don't want feel, I don't want people to feel like they have to like ape into the project to get the majority of the utility. However, I do want to reward the people who do with some really cool extra stuff. So it's more about deciding what I'm going to offer, um, you know, from the common to the super rare and feel like it's fair for everyone. Um, and I did last time you had actually asked a question um, about being able to merge um, commons into rares. And I originally said that I wasn't going to do that. But the more I think about it, the more I think I would kind of like to move in that direction. Um, my only concern is... Um, with like super rares, I want to do some sort of utility to like be on my guest list for shows and or like even music festivals. I think it'd be really, really cool to like bring a fan out to like a festival and then um, I could go like meet him there and we could go like chill at a set together or something like that. I think that would be really uh, dope. But I want to make sure if I'm promising this that it's possible. And then with all the COVID stuff and festivals getting canceled, I just don't want to offer like 10 of those slots and then have everything get put on pause and me not play 10 festivals for the next like two years. You know what I mean? I just want to make sure that I'm delivering on what I promise. So, Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you next. Um, I, I know that you have like a lot of meet and greet and, you know, raffles to win festival tickets and uh, join at live concerts and stuff that you're doing. But COVID kind of throws like a monkey wrench in that because we don't know if things are going to get shut down or not. And I was wondering if you were going to maybe do some sort of um, replacement for things if that happens. Or maybe if I, I was thinking just myself, like spitballing, like things you could do if, if that gets shut down. Maybe you could do like an exclusive metaverse concert for people. I, I think that would be something that you could do kind of cool for your your holders if you know, if you can't get to a live show, at least you could have them do, uh, you could do it through the metaverse. That would be pretty badass, I think. Oh, a hundred percent. Like even at the very beginning of COVID, I built a VR chat world and me and Liquid Stranger played, um, a set there and it was going to be like a monthly thing that was different. It's kind of like Carl, but we made a world for it every time and we're going to do shows there. And then it was kind of a, I don't know, mixed uptaking because um, it was as we started to do it, as shows started to come back and as people started to get a little burnt on, you know, a live stream every day. Um, so we kind of put it on pause. But I, I, I mean, I love the idea. Now, it's it's funny. It was like we were trying to do the metaverse stuff before, you know, all these metaverses kind of became the thing. So now I was like, oh, this is like VR chat, but way cooler in my mind so yeah i'm i'm super down to do that um and i've already like upon the initial minting i'd love to or at least you know for after a few months a lot of the the money i get from that is going to go into purchasing uh metaverse land for exactly that um didn't you already play a concert in the metaverse yeah i played tie-dye ninjas dojo um that was super awesome um and I actually already have me and Martin already have a second, um, like hour fifteen minute down tempo mix that we're originally like I said we're going to do in the VR world that we kind of are just saving, and we're going to finish once he gets off a tour, um, and that um, we're going to be doing in a, a metaverse. Still haven't decided yet, but yeah, maybe and you know by then because I think he gets off mid March, so yeah, it's it's actually we could be doing it in the Carl metaverse, so wherever we build our, you know, spot. Have you talked to any other producers and DJs to do any collaborations or is it so far, it's just going to be you and uh, you're going to go from there. Um, yeah, I haven't talked about working with any other artists on any of the art side of stuff. Um, I have thought about doing some shared utility. Um, even possibly, well, obviously with like the, the Wakan artist first and foremost, because 
Um, maybe it's too early to speak on it, but whatever. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that I'm thinking about doing with the Lucid project, you know, if when it goes well or, you know, with the Carl stuff, would love to make that a roadmap for a lot of the other Wakan artists to do the same thing. And it kind of what gets me into talking about um, a utility from the uh, being a holder of Carl's is these uh, Lucid credential tokens, which is going to be kind of like frequent flyer miles in a way for, um, you know, going to shows. And I haven't decided if it, you know I want to do it for like spending on merch and stuff, but 100% for attending shows, almost like there'll be like airdrop, you know, stub or like ticket stubs. So to be like, okay, you went to Lucid show at Cervantes in Denver on February 17th, and it'll be a show token. And then once you collect X amount of these, you'll be able to uh, cash them in um, where you will send them to me and then I'll burn them and then I'll send you back a token for like uh, whatever you want to redeem it for. There'll be different um rewards so maybe 10 tokens is you get a, a festival ticket or a free merch and that's where if festivals shows all that stuff kind of like you know shit hits the fan but you have these tokens you can all allow people to switch those tokens out for tokens of equal value maybe for like a one-on-one uh two-hour lesson and stuff like that that way people aren't stuck and their rewards, you know, they I'll, I'll allow them to um, exchange out for other rewards, obviously, if it's impossible to redeem your reward. But through that kind of um, airdrop token system is how I would like to, uh, to do that. And um, like Aiden even mentioned, like, you know, NFCs, um, we could give out to people as they scan the ticket in at the door, you hand people a little like you know, lucid sticker that has an NFC on it that lets you scan to um, receive one of these uh, show tokens. Yeah, I think that's cool if you could kind of incorporate the real life show element right into the into the multiverse FM. Yeah, because I, I was thinking like you go into the show, you have your ticket, everybody has their smartphone with them anyway. You just would maybe scan a QR code because the only people that are going to be able to scan a QR code are the people that are physically there. Scan a QR code, it would open up a DAP that would link to your wallet, and then you could just have the tokens airdrop right into your wallet. And uh, I guess it would have to, uh, it would have to kind of match with your physical ticket that you have for the show, or it could link to if you're going to buy online tickets or however it might work. But yeah, because then it's just like it's like proof of purchase. It's, yeah, I don't know, exactly. Trying to spitball here and and figure out like a a way to do it a little bit easier, but QR codes or however you were saying, it seems like a very NFC chips. They're, they're very small RFID chips that have like close range communication. Um, you can just tap your phone on it and it'll load up. Uh, you, you can put your NFTs on there and everything. That would be very cool. My only worry about doing the Q because QR codes was our original thing. I was like, yo, I'll just put it up on the led screen when I start my set and be like, all right, take out your phones and, but I was like, yo, someone's going to take a picture of that and they're going to drop it on Twitter in about 30 seconds. Um, so that's where Aiden was like, yo, that's these uh, NFCs. So I was like, oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the idea of, you know, because then if this idea does, you know, expand to other artists, then maybe you could redeem X amount of maybe like a Lucid and a Champagne drip. Um, you know, their tokens for a uh, collab together or something to that degree, you know, obviously I don't want to force artists who don't want to work together to work together. So they would have to like agree to be part of the token program ahead of time. But I already have thought about that. And even like, uh, I kind of like to see what some of these projects are doing with serums. So I think it would be cool if like you had like a lucid serum and if another artist was participating and they bought like one of their song NFTs, you could use like a lucid serum on it and I would have to, you know, remix that song and then remint the remix would be like they're, you know, using the serum. Um, just some like ideas that's, you know, obviously not going to be immediate utility, but just kind of what we're thinking for down the road, just really cool ways to involve the community and what's happening. So you're going to be releasing these NFTs once a month. Now, are you going to have 
like let's say this starts in let's let's just say March first. If it starts on March first and it runs through the month of March, and then your next drop is going to be on the first of April, are you going to allow people that bought the previous month to be whitelisted for the following month if they want to if they want to purchase it on that one, or is it just going to be uh, first come first serve? So I would love to do some sort of white list for, you know, being a purchaser. I'm not sure if I want to do everyone or if it puts you in some sort of raffle and then your odds of, you know, receiving a win in the raffle is based off of how much you bought in or the, the cumulative like rarity holdings. You know, if you have like a super rare and a common, it's better than like five commons or something like that. But I, I just want to avoid having like a thousand people buy in and then them just being auto whitelisted to the next time and it then being kind of a closed off community, um, which is why like because I've thought about it. I was like, man, at the end of a year, that's going to be like 12,000 NFTs. I was like, that's a lot. You know, a lot of these projects cap at 10, but that's because a lot of the projects, their cap is based off of them wanting to create this like rarity and then this second sale market which honestly isn't the focus of why I want people to buy into my project. I want them to buy in because one, they think the art's really cool. Um, and two, because they want the benefits from this community. I don't want them buying in because they're like, Oh, this is, you know, one of X amount that will then go up based off of this or that. Cause I, I feel like that side of, um, that almost like gambling S side of it is kind of what turns a lot of people off to it. And I don't want people like having to worry about is this like a gamble or not or if I, i'm going to get my money back in this i want this to be very obvious value that you're going to get out of it you know so since covid started has it has it cost you a lot of festival and club gigs oh yeah definitely like some of my uh you know biggest ones of the year uh some of my like dream festivals um you know, got canceled and, and were put on hold for a really long time. It's yeah. COVID made it really, really tough because not only is it a huge financial proponent in a lot of our careers, if you're a bass music artist, the music you make is to fuel the energy of a room. So to test your songs and to kind of like our feedback loop to make us better and kind of know if we're doing uh, something right is, being able to play these songs out. So if you don't, you know, don't get to play the songs out for like eight months, like, I think these are cool, but I don't know. I've been playing it in my freaking home studio all year. So. Yeah. So do, do you feel like it gave you more of a push to get this project launched? And, uh, you know, cause you do have a lot more time on your hands, right? If you're not going out and you're gigging constantly, you must be kind of getting a little stir crazy at home. Is that what kind of got you into, I'm going to do an NFT project or was it, you know, we got to find out some sort of supplementary income here, or was it a little bit of a combo? So, um, actually, it was it was very. I got into the VR stuff because of the stir craziness and just missing being connected to a community of over more than just like Discord or Twitter. You know, actually be able to like kind of pseudo hang out with people. Um, but the NFT uh, interest kind of came out of nowhere. It was after Imagine Fest got canceled. I was super bummed out. So I went on Twitch and was like, yo, I worked really hard in this set. I'm going to play it for everyone. Um, I, you know, so I, I feel like y'all did. Or I should put some use to this. And uh, someone wanted to donate but didn't know how to donate. So they asked for my wallet and um, told me to make a MetaMask and sent me a bunch of NFTs. And I was like, what the hell are these? Um, and the dude explained to me and actually they're really cool communities. Um, one of them was a tie dye ninja. Um, so I joined the discord and just started, you know, hanging out and I was like, wait, I like know a lot of these people through the scene. And I had no idea there was so much crossover between, uh, EDM and the NFT world. And, you know, just, I saw artists of all kinds and just, yeah, really just fell in love with this whole community. And, kind of what I've been looking for for like a, a long time um, is just, you know, something that's organic that you all support each other because you believe in it, not because you're getting a lot of likes on Instagram or a lot of retweets or, you know, so much of the EDM, you know, booking stuff goes through 
metrics that are social media based that you can't even get to your fans unless, you know, Facebook, you have to pay how much to just reach your fans. So I love that the NFT communities are based on Discord and there's no Discord algorithm. You know, if you're in a Discord, you see everything that's on the Discord. So that's, yeah, this is just uh, kind of a match made in heaven. Um, but coincidentally, it is awesome that, you know, it, it, there is a money potential here that could be very liberating for a lot of artists. It's, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, I had mentioned to somebody the other day when it comes to like the metaverse, um, you don't necessarily need to move to a major city anymore to be like a big attraction. And you don't necessarily have to live in an area where shows and concerts go all the time. You could be some teenage kid in Cambodia or some teenage kid in Tasmania. And as long as the artist wants to go and play a show on the metaverse, you could go see it. Like some of these places, you know, I, I talk to people and they're like, cause I live right outside New York and they tell me how lucky I am. Cause so many acts come through where I live and I, you know, there's never a shortage of it. And then I think of people that live in like Montana where they might have one concert come through there and it's, maybe once every five years, you know, and now we have the opportunity where somebody could actually see their favorite artist. And we have on the other flip side, an artist doesn't have to move to Los Angeles to become a hit. An artist could live in South Dakota if they want. So I think it's, it's just really exciting for me. I, I feel like I was born in the wrong era and I should have been born a little bit like later on, but it's all good. And uh, yeah, I, I just think the whole metaverse thing is like super exciting as, as far as music and stuff goes. I just hope like a lot more people start getting involved in this because there is a shortage of musicians in the space right now. It's really like mostly um, different types of art projects and not nearly as many musicians as I would like to see. Yeah, it's um, I, I love how just transparent and open it is for um, artists, like you said, like this it's not about like what you look like. Actually, most of us don't have no idea what each other look like in these communities and not about how many followers you have. It's about, you know, the mutual respect you show to people and then what you bring to the community that kind of gives you that value, which is just super cool. Cause that's what I've always, I don't know, thought that every community would be like, but I'm sure as many of you know, um, like in, in it's, it's like 90% of corporate America, it's, just life just ain't fair. <laughs> so it's cool to just feel like I'm a part of something that just feels a little more uh, fair for once and uh, gives everyone a more equal opportunity without, you know, living and having to live in one of these places or be held back by stuff that you otherwise have no control over. <laughs> Isn't it weird, like up until recently, you weren't looked at as a business professional if you had tattoos on your forearms? Isn't that fucking strange? Oh, dude, yeah, it's it's such a trip. It's, it's yeah, and that's why I don't know. As much as people are like, oh, the world's going crazy, I see stuff like I don't know, just seeing how far we've come, and I'm like, no, okay. I, I feel like some pretty cool people are uh, getting in some cool positions of I don't know power. I guess I want to say, but just influence. You know what I mean? You're seeing people now at the top that are good people and doing it for the right reasons and just trying to build. Uh, people up which is cool so have you decided on the floor price of your nfts for the project yet so i want to do it somewhere around the uh 50 range 40 to 50 dollars um and that'll be just for like the, the common mint for a, a single month i think that's super fair um are, are you going to go on eth or are you going to go on a different blockchain what have you decided on that yet either so the initial uh, minting um, since I'm working with uh, Mintry.co is they um, develop on something called Stacks, which is um, basically bringing like dApps and NFT smart contracts to uh, Bitcoin. Um, so I really like um, Stacks because the NFT marketplace for me, uh, you know, initially minting is it's it's fiat um it's usd so you know my fans i don't have to worry about um you know getting too deep into the crypto stuff with them they could literally purchase it uh you know with usd right off the the marketplace so that was a hurdle i i really like to kind of 
um, at least for getting people initially onto the project. Um, and then they're cross chain also. So as I think everything's going to move in a more cross chain direction, um, I think it's important that, you know, to be on something that lets you go that direction. So we're talking with Lucid here uh, about his project, Multiverse FM. If anybody down bottom wants to come up and uh, ask a question, just raise your hand. We'll bring you up to the box if you're in the box, which looks like only ready. Um, if you have a question, feel free to ask. Um, you know, I was I was talking with my brother. We're both pretty heavily involved in um, in cryptocurrency. And we were talking about how it really has to be a gradual take for people to really get this mass adopted. Um, I know for myself personally, when I first did my first, first ever wallet transfer, and it took, you know, 10 minutes or so to transfer between wallets, I was fucking nervous, man. And uh, I think that's something that a lot of people are going <laughs> to be a little bit scared with you know because when you're moving large amounts of money between wallets and stuff like that there's there's definitely like it, it took 10 minutes for me to move like 30 grand and i was shitting myself a little bit and i was super nervous so i think it's cool how you're doing it where you're kind of like slowly easing people in where like you said they could use fiat in order to get involved and i think that's what we're really going to need in order for people to feel a little bit comfortable i think they're going to have to take a little bit of the baby step approach before they fully jump in and then maybe do something like coinbase and then maybe decide to go to Uniswap or PancakeSwap and then kind of go from there. So I, I think it's a really smart idea how you're going about it. Awesome. I, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and it's because I, I really thought about the, the target audience here. Had this been something that was aimed more at um, NFT people in general, I probably wouldn't um, have made that my primary decision. But because my target audience is people who are going to be very new to this. And the last thing I want to do is sour them on NFT community. Cause you know, it just, it just screws the whole community over as a whole. So I, I want to be a great first experience that makes people look into other projects and, and explore this world more. Um, because I really think there's an awesome crossover for, you know, music fans and NFTs. I just think they kind of need to, uh, be guided there a little bit just like anyone you know uh being introduced to this space so what have you been using to market is it been pretty much word of mouth as of right now and just trying to get people in the discord and uh are you going to have the website up and running soon as well yeah so i've just had word of mouth because i don't i think timing is going to be really crucial here as far as when i make it very available and kind of in the face of my whole fan base um, because this is something that they're not going to understand conceptually at first. I want to have the website up and running and um, some of the utility almost previewable before I start like shouting from the mountains at everyone because I don't want to get them excited early and be like, oh, this is coming soon and then already lose their interest and be like, Oh, okay. So this is like all those other NFTs that are, it's coming sometime with some utility. Maybe it, no, I, I just want to hit them with very solid concrete, um, you know, utility and visual, like the, having the website, everything up before I start going too crazy. Um, just cause like I said, I want to over deliver and, and under promise and give these people a really good first impression. Um, of you know the space what's the biggest festival that you ever played at uh people count wise i think one of the biggest crowds man maybe um lost lands is close to like i think they have like 30 plus k there and i um yeah did one of the biggest stages there um so i'd say probably biggest crowd i ever played to is like 20 plus thousand and then um I had a bunch this year that were like eight to 12,000. So, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think because, you know, you have the microphone, so it really shouldn't be hard to get the, the word across about the project. That's, that's what I'm really trying to get at. So I don't, I don't really think you have to really go full force marketing on it as far as, you know, spending a shitload of money in order to get the word out because you already have a viral audience that's going to show up wherever you go anyway. So if you tell the people, you know, I'm releasing this project, it should be like a one, two, three, 
um, pretty cut and dry as far as you know getting the project up and running, right? It's gonna yeah, be crazy. It is yeah. gonna be crazy. I just want to say that, like, just he's got connections in the music space, and now he's getting connections, like big connections in Web three as well. The the collision is gonna be wild. Sorry. No, you. I I, I love it, brother. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. Um, it's it's really crazily timed with kind of where I'm at in the the lucid uh roadmap, if you will. Because, um, you know, I've been doing stuff for like 10 years now, but I'm doing my debut album this year and then doing my debut headline tour also later this year. So it's like if there's any time to have lucid utility now is literally like the dopest time. (laughs) Um, So it's it's cool that I have all this awesome stuff happening um, alongside this launch, because, you know, imagine I was like. I don't know, like fizzling out or something or didn't have a lot of dates. I'm like, you can get show tickets, but I'm not playing this year, you know? <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, uh, I think you're the, the third producer that I've interviewed. We had uh, Wookie, and he's doing his Wobble Bug project. And then we had um, DJ Scion on a while ago, and he's trying to do something. Uh, I think he's, like, doing something with Dead Mouse now. And then we have you working. So, um I think I think the EDM community is kind of um, being a pioneer here as far as blockchain music goes. I, I think it's going to be the easiest and seamless transition as well. Because um, you guys, you're not really like tied into like these huge contracts, like like these big ass rock bands, and you know you're stuck with Warner Brothers and you can't do shit because everything has to go through your label and legal and stuff like that. Right. So aren't you guys, do you guys feel like you have a little bit more independence as far as how the, the whole process goes with this? Oh, a hundred percent. I was explaining this to someone actually just the other day is um, it's very rare to have an exclusive agreement in the EDM world. Um, like you'll see um, if anyone does exclusive, like, like, I pretty much only release with Wakan, but that's entirely by choice just because I don't know. I feel like we work really well together. So it's like, you know, don't fix what's not broken. Um, but you know, if I wanted to go over and, you know, shoot dead beat some music or never say die or stuff that I, you know, didn't fit Wakan, then they'd more than happily let me. And there's people who, who do that. Um, so it's really cool. The label freedom we do get there where it's not like, you know, signing your life away and losing 80% of royalties. I know most of the deal we get, it's either 60, 40 or 40, 60, um, in either direction. So 80% um, at best, if you're working with a big label, Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're working a crazy, that's a crazy contract. Yeah. It's usually 84% at best is what they get. <laughs> you know, yeah. you get 16%. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that's, that is, I, I feel, I feel for them. It's that's always, if you know, that's what, if you've worked like, that's having your lawyers work out a percentage like that's getting a good deal out of warner brothers is 16 percent. so yeah i'm I'm glad that it, it definitely you know gives us the freedom to then be more explorative in projects like this too like i mean especially just wakans it's, it's just amazing for me because i mean i live right down the road from you know martin liquid stranger and, and loper um who you know he's both of our managers and the wakan label manager so it's just as easy as being like, hey, can I do this? Just And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, bud. So it's, you know, it's really, um, I, I love the freedom and even, you know, getting them involved in the space, too. Um, it's, yeah, we definitely are in a, a very blessed spot um, compared to how I see some other uh, artists and their deals. I got a couple more for you before we wrap it up. Um, did you play any instruments growing up? So I did not. I've always been a big like computer nerd, math guy. Um, like all of my musical stuff is it's music theory is all patterns and algorithms, really. So that's kind of how I look at music. Like when I was learning this stuff, I remember it used to be like, I don't know, I thought it was like a drunk party trick at the time. But I would be like, OK, give me 15 minutes. I won't listen to the song once. And then at the end of it, I'll play it and it'll be good. Most of the time it was something decent, but that's just kind of like how my brain worked. Um, now I've moved away from that um, a good bit. I, you know, try to play in during keyboard because when you do stuff like pattern and all MIDI based, you tend to see yourself repeating the same patterns. And instead of it being 
like this intuitive feel, it did feel a little bit more robotic and programmed. So I'm currently, you know, the last couple of years have been moving away from that. But um, initially, no, I never played an instrument. You got a lot of like that wobble bass in um, your songs. Do you use Serum? Uh, yeah, I primarily um, was on Serum for, I'd say, the majority of my career. Uh, now I switch between Serum, uh, Vital, um, and Harmer. I've really been liking this year, even though that's been out for a while. Yeah, Serum, Serum's fucking crazy, man. That's such a, like, a good program. Yeah. Like, it took me a while to figure out how to really like optimize like, the program itself. But I mean, like, that thing, it's... It's just crazy how you could kind of like move the wavetables and everything around, and I don't know. I I really dig that, but I I use mostly like hardware synthesizers when I'm when I'm doing stuff now. I'm I'm kind of uh, I I got away from bad addictions and I went on a, a synthesizer addiction. And it's costing me a lot of money throughout my life, but it's well worth it. Oh, dude, it's I I freaking love hardware stuff. Um, yeah, eventually that's something I'd really like to dive into, but um. Yeah, luckily, uh, Martin Liquid Stranger has like an amazing uh, collection that he lets me play with. So, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's nothing sounds like hardware. Just the tonality and it just feels so alive. Um, especially the ones that are like tube based and stuff is, I don't know, really cool. So, if you weren't a DJ or a producer, what what kind of job would you see yourself doing right now? Um maybe programming i honestly really really like programming there's like a certain like art and elegance and i don't know when you finally get something to compile and look it, it almost feels like magic or something it's like you put the correct string of words together you could do some pretty crazy shit um so i don't know i've always really liked that or teaching um i really really like just like teaching and having that like interaction, seeing your students grow. Um, like I've even had some of my music students, you know, go on to do pretty cool music stuff. So that's, I don't know, that feeling to me is like one of the best. All right. So we're, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. My, my last question for you is a, a year from today, where do you see this project and um, what, what makes you most excited about it? A year from today, I see um, the project as uh, I hope the community at this point or at that point will be involved in a ton of other music projects. But this will be kind of like their home base. They're like, oh, I found out be about NFTs because of, you know, Carl's. And but also I'm part of, you know, Champagne Drips and Liquid Strangers. And, you know, I would just love to see at that point the whole community, you know, thriving for everyone, kind of, you know, how we want it to be. But um, I'd love to be a great, like, entry point there and kind of a home base, too, for everyone to just come back to. And, um, yeah, I think it'll also just add to the shows and make the shows and just the whole Lucid community so much more tight-knit where people are meeting and collaborating and, and growing and learning just based off of being a part of that uh, community. Well, I really want to thank you for coming out and talking to us for the past hour, Lucid. And, uh, you know, Astro Zero is going to be around very soon. So if you have some plans down the line, you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be available and you don't have to worry about those gas fees like you would elsewhere. So maybe we could percent i would love to uh, definitely work with y'all on, on something and the ideas and possibilities are endless so um it's inevitable <laughs> i agree man and uh when you start doing you know vr concerts and stuff shoot me a dm so i could toss on this oculus and check the shit out because i just picked up an oculus a couple days ago and i've yet to use it but i want to uh i want to get started with this thing Oh, definitely, dude. Even, yeah, we'll have to get into some, some Oculus gaming, too. I'm always looking for people to, you know, run around and shoot things with. So <laughs> if you're into that or anyone else in here. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, man. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming out. If you guys could, follow Lucid here on Twitter. Join his Discord. All you have to do is be active on his Discord to get a whitelist spot. It's the easiest fucking whitelist on the planet. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Don't be a stranger. I have spaces running every day of the week pretty much now. It used to be five days, now it's seven days, and I uh, I really enjoy doing it, actually, secretly, even though I tell people I hate it. 
And uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming out, talking to the community. And yeah, stop by whenever you want. I'm going to join your Discord server and uh, I'm going to start getting active on there so I can get a whitelist spot myself. So uh, yeah. yeah, well, thank you so much. Like I said, I really appreciate y'all, you know, being my, my day ones and continuing to be super supportive and open. And, you know, I got nothing love for the Elon one and Astro Zero team. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, obviously we'll be been hearing her a lot, uh, a lot more. All right, what's up, Ian? Um, so I just want to refresh people. The Discord link is posted up top if you want to join that. Um, Multiverse FM is going to be a really cool project. It's going to be a stepping stone, um, essentially, for um, the EDM community and uh, everything they represent. Uh, if you go up and uh, follow Multiverse FM, um, you can get updates on what we're doing. And uh, please join Discord in our community. And... Uh, we look forward to uh, spreading, you know, this vibe, um, you know, a lot everywhere. And um, I just want to thank Lucid for, uh, you know, being that hub um, for the for the EDM community, um, because it's really important, I, I feel like, to get, um, you know, the community kind of digitally connected, especially, uh, you know, concerned with the pandemic and everything going on. Um, I think it's really important what he's doing. Um, but yeah, thank, thanks everybody for coming. And, um, you know, we, we, we support all of you and um, thanks for supporting all of us. Thanks again, Lucid. Have a good night, man. Hey, thank y'all. Y'all take care. Talk soon.